With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Challenging. Thought-provoking. Insightful. This is God in Country. The collision of faith and politics. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded Executive Protection Team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. With today's edition of God in Country, here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Well, howdy, folks. How are you? This is Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener, trademarked as the Ninja Pastor. And uh, I am excited to be with you today. I'm feeling a little bit better than I was last week. I'm sorry about that. Um, let y'all down. I didn't mean to do that, but my lands, it was a bad, bad deal. I'm telling you, whatever the deal is there with that sickness, whatever it is, it's wicked. It is wicked, um, rough. And um, so I apologize for that. And uh, I never let, like to let any of you down. I got a lot of emails and text messages. That made me feel good. A lot of people saying, man, I hope you're all right. And uh, so that, that felt very, very good. But yeah, I, I hate letting you down. So um, first, let me just say this. You've reached the right show. This is The Collision of Faith and Politics with the Ninja Pastor, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. We're at www.drshawngreener.com. That's D-R-S-H-A-W-N-G-R-E-E-N-E-R.com or The Ninja Pastor.com. Find us at Twitter at The Ninja Pastor. I'm also on LinkedIn. No, I'm on LinkedIn, but I don't. I think it's just Sean Greener there. And then... Um, and then I'm also on Instagram for, for my photos and videos and stuff. So you're welcome to join me there. Like me on all of those. That'll be cool. I'm digging that. There's a cute little puppy walking by my, my window right now. He's adorable. Little boxer puppy. I like them. Everything seems interesting to them. They're all, they're fired up. Welcome to our guests in chat. Tell your friends, send them the link. Uh, we're very, very glad to have you. Hey, I just did a Facebook live video. I'm trying to do those before the show and, uh, you know, my Sunday broadcast, which is a message, uh, and, uh, you know, Christian message. And then, uh, my Wednesday show, of course, would try to start doing those, but I'm, uh, sometimes I, I forget <laughs> it's a bad downside of having a brain injury, you know, but, uh, I don't know how many of y'all want to see my face anyway. Let's be honest face for radio. And so, um, it's uh, it's just one of those things. Anyway, so the point here is, um, I did this Facebook Live thing, 
And um, I like doing that. I like doing it. It's um, it's a unique thing. You know, if you think about, you know, Facebook is free. You know, we do a lot of complaining and they are ultra leftists. Oh, oh, let me tell you, listen, this is free me to you. I don't know if you all have ever done this or I'm new to the game, or maybe I've done this before my brain injury and I didn't remember. And now all of a sudden I think I've, I've invented this really incredible thing. So, you know, I have my pre tea, but my son is my pre-show tea, honey and tea, lady gray. Cause I'm a little bit lady. Um, I haven't, I haven't had the transition yet, but you know how it is, uh, saving up my shekels. Um, so I, so I made my own tea today and uh, cause my son is sick. We, everybody's been sick. Uh, so instead of having him make it for me, I figured, well, I'll just go ahead and make my own. And, um, you know what I did? I saw a candy cane on the table from Christmas. Now I understand what you're saying. Candy cane, that's from a long time ago, but they're in a sealed wrap. You know, they're come on big deal. Um, so I figured hmm, for flavor, maybe I'll put a uh, candy cane in there. It wasn't the regular kind. It wasn't the peppermint kind. It was, it had all kinds of different, different colors and all. And I, so I put that in there and I put the water in and the tea. I did still put a little honey in, just cover my bases. And you know what? The candy cane melted. I didn't think about that. The candy cane melted. And um, I know y'all that are trying to help me stay healthy are like, hey, that's not good. That's bad. Don't do it. Well, I got to tell you, it tastes really good. Don't bust my, but go ahead and bust my bubble. If that's something everybody has done, um, you can tell me. I, I didn't think about it. So, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, that's kind of fun, fun with food. I like making stuff. Um, so it's really, really super good. Thank you to all the people that watched the video and are sharing 60, 61 people have watched it. And, uh, thank you to all you all that, that, uh, shared it and keep, we'll keep sharing it. If you don't mind, that'd be awesome. I'd love it. Um, that's kind of fun. I do them for fun. Sometimes I do, um, YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. Now I, I don't think I have a name on the YouTube channel. I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's to tell you the truth. I don't think it's, uh, it says the Ninja pastor, but I think if you pull up the Ninja pastor, I think probably, you know, it will show up. But, uh, to be very honest with you, I, I just don't know. I'm, as you probably can tell, I just don't, I'm not very, I'm some techie, but I'm not super techie, uh, but I, but I have a long way to go. I have a long way to go for sure. And, uh, oh, so on the video, I was saying about the video, uh, my more serious stuff, I was, but the point I'm trying to make is my more serious stuff I put on uh, my YouTube channel. So I guess there's a way you can get it to be named your name, but I don't know what that is. So when I'm doing the, uh, the video, the Facebook live video, I thought it was going to give me a chance to tell everybody, Hey, I'm going to be on. Facebook Live, doing a little thing here in a few minutes. Feel free to join me, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden it said three, two, one, and here I am live. So I'm jamming out to Dave Bray. Uh, I was listening to several of his new songs. They are on um, iTunes. So if you go in and you type in, um, I guess just Dave, I'm going to do it right now. Dave Bray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, um, that's doing it. Uh, if you do that, you type in Dave Bray, um, just go there. They're 99 cents for Pete's sake. Uh, I'm on iTunes too for my messages, but they don't cost you anything. It's just like a podcast you can subscribe to, but his stuff definitely worth buying. Very, 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 very good stuff and very stirring. Um, 
And so I was jamming to that, jamming on Dave Bray, uh, Dave Bray USA, and uh, Amazing Grace and Taps. It's really cool. I really, really liked it. And so I'm jamming away, and all of a sudden, it it says live, and I'm like, oh, you know. Of course, then I'm like, well, how do I, <laughs> how do I shut this off? How do I shut this off? And uh, so then I had to go through a bunch of stuff and. Uh, it was really kind of wild. So, you know, we, we have, uh, so anyway, so, you know, he's not paying me to promote his stuff, but I like it. It's very stirring. It's very well done. And there's a lot of heart put into his music, which I, which I really, really like. Um, all that said to say this, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing this Facebook video. I'm trying to learn more about how to do that properly. There's a way to do it. And, uh, I've just, I've just got a long way to go. Um, so we've had quite quite a uh, few weeks here, haven't we? Now I'm going to say you guys know you know if you go to theninjapastor.com and go over to the go over to listen, you can click on every show I've done. I think it's downloaded there. It must be several hundred shows and speeches and and all that stuff, and it's all free there. Um, you're not going to get rich doing this, that's for sure, unless I get on uh, regular radio or Sirius XM or something like that. By the way. I've been told I have 572 nominations to give a TED Talk. You guys ever heard of TED Talks? Uh, I didn't know much about it, and a friend sent me a thing saying, hey, you've been nominated to give a TED Talk. And I said, well, what's a TED Talk? And so I went to YouTube. Of course, that's where everything is. And uh, I clicked on it, and I saw really, really good stuff. Some not so good, but most really good, well-produced. Great video and audio and all that. And these people give a really high impact thing. They range from, I think they said four minutes all the way up to 22 minutes. It's a real rare thing to get a 22 minute slot on a TED talk. And it's a big deal to be invited. They don't pay you. They do, uh, I think they pay for your hotel or something like that. I don't know. Uh, but, but it is, it's a good thing. And millions of people listen and watch. And so, uh, so if you contact Ted talk, if you go and you Google that, you contact them and say, Hey, I want this guy. I, I don't know what the number is, but you got to have a pretty high number of people saying, Hey, we want this. We want to hear this guy. You go to that, uh, and do that. And then we'll, we'll give a Ted talk and, uh, that'll be fun. I have a lot of stuff to say, as you might imagine, as you might have surmised. So anyway, uh, here we are. I mean, gosh, we're, you guys, like I said, if you go to the listen thing, which is free on my website, uh, the ninjapastor.com or drshawngreener.com, if you go there and you listen to that, you will find that I did several shows on Donald Trump. Now, these were months and months and months ago. They were well, well-researched shows. I, I research, you know, if I'm going to talk about something very specifically, then I, I get all over it. Uh, I really, really do. And, um, it is, it's one of those things that I look back on and somebody said, well, you know, you ought to just take it down. That's all. And I wasn't ignorant or disrespectful. Not at all. Uh, hello, Steve from Ohio. Hello, our guests in uh, chat. By the way, chat is fun. We have a smart bunch of people there. It's a really, really cool thing. Um, I'm trying to figure out, by the way, uh, what's the best day and time to do this show. Now, I, I have a slot for um, every day. I could do every day. Uh, I think two or two hours or three hours. I don't remember which it is, uh, but at least two hours, but maybe three every day. I could do it seven days a week. The problem is I can't afford to do it uh, like that. So thank you, uh, Bevan, for sharing my uh, video. That's awful nice of you. Bevan Castle down in Florida. Great people, the Castle family. Um, so 
I just can't afford to do it. I mean, all this stuff costs money and, and uh, putting everything else aside to do this. So if you are inclined to donate, it doesn't have to be some big monthly thing. It doesn't have to be a big thing, you know, it, it, but if you can and you're moved to do that, then feel free to hit the donate page on my, hello, Jerry from Pennsylvania, on my uh, website, and that will help us do what we do. Um, it is very encouraging if people do that. So not for nothing, but uh, I decided, you know, they said, you know, you can, you can just take it down. Just don't even worry about it. Just take it down. You'll be good to go. Well, I didn't do that because I don't want to hide what I said. I'm not ashamed or embarrassed of what I said. I, I've always said that Ted Cruz was my first choice. And I had some good friends. They've been on this show, actually. They're going to be on the show again. My good friend, uh, Andrea Shea King, who has a phenomenal radio show. Also, Elizabeth Letchworth, uh, Chris, she also, phenomenal radio show. They both were very pro-Trump very early on. And, uh, and boy, I would love to take credit. Uh, Jerry from Pennsylvania, Dow is at, is at 20000 because you're on the radio. Well, I would love to take credit for that, wouldn't I? <laughs> like to reap some of the benefits. How about that, right? They said the sky was going to fall if Donald Trump became president. And look, President Donald Trump, it's been the biggest post, uh, post-election bump in history. So I love that. So, so Andrea Shea King and, and, uh, Elizabeth Christ, very dear sisters and friends of mine, uh, great believers, great people, patriot people of faith. And, and, uh, they, you know, they were very pro Trump very on, and I have to hand it to them. Um, I really do have to hand it to them that they, they just knew, they knew early on that this was the guy, this is the guy. And, and, uh, and, but they're, they're smarter than me. And so they, they just knew what I didn't know, what I didn't see. Although I wasn't anti-Trump, uh, I was very, very pro-Cruz. Well, once Cruz uh, was no longer in the fight, you guys know, of course, I said, look, you know, here's the bottom line. We have to be reasonable about what we do. We have to be reasonable about what we do. And as Americans, I'm not a never-Trump person. I don't, I don't believe in that. I think as soon as you say, uh, I'm never this or I'm never that, uh, you're going to jam yourself up. So uh, I just, it's funny. Dave Bray just sent me a, a message thanking me for giving him the plug on the, uh, on the radio show. Uh, good guy, man. Good guy. Great family. Becky and his kids, man, they've been through so much. His child was sick for a long time. Yeah, well, you're welcome, buddy. Ah, people go through trials, man. People go through trials. It's something. Um, so, yeah, you say Steve from Ohio, very smart guy, too. Congratulations on getting your um, – hey, by the way, by the way, I uh, – my buddy Jerry and I have an annual thing we do. Uh, he started it, I don't know how many years ago, but we love doing it, and uh, it is um, – we, February 10th, we go to the Harrisburg Gun Show, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I'm telling you, so fun. We have such fun. Now, I'm disabled. Uh, I, I have a hard time walking that far. And it's concrete. It's, it's enormous, by the way. If you want to be rewind, reminded of freedom, that's a place to go because guns everywhere, archery stuff everywhere, hunting you know, uh, camping, outdoor life. I mean, I love it all. I love it all. I just love looking at it. You all know I love trinkets. That's the rumor. I love trinkets. And um, 
So <laughs> I tell you what, man, I get it. It's like a kid in a candy shop. So what Jerry and I do, I go over and, and I spend the night at Jerry's. Jerry lives in Pennsylvania. And then uh, we have always have a nice dinner. And, and then we go have breakfast the next morning. Now, I don't know why we have these major weather events, but we always do. Um, so it's Thursday, February 9th. Okay, buddy. We'll go Thursday, February 9th. Uh, not the 10th, but the 9th. We'll do that. I'll put it on my calendar. Uh, so what, you know, we go and have breakfast at the same place. If I could think of the name, I would say it, maybe Jerry remembers it. Um, and we'll give them a free plug cause they're uh, Amish and Mennonite people and a good people. And they put on a great breakfast and we're usually one of maybe six or seven people there. Um, I gotta tell you, we have an unbelievable breakfast, but every single week or every single day of this, uh, the time we go, it's bad weather. One time the power was out at his home for four days in a row. And so, <laughs> I mean, it was ice everywhere, trees down, snow, you know, real high country kitchen in Gap, Pennsylvania. There you go. Free plug country kitchen in Gap, Pennsylvania. Great breakfast. Well, we have a good time and we, I mean, we, we're not in any rush. We eat, we, we put on the feedback and, uh, <laughs> but every time just about, it's always been terrible to try to, to get there. Now we take my trucks, four wheel drive, American made Ford F-150 pickup truck, bumping 455 horsepower, uh, 500 foot pounds of torque at the rear wheels. And, uh, so we, we get through it, but it's always funny. We always have to fight through some stuff to get there, but it's always worth it. Uh, and, uh, we just get after it and it's, it's just real, real fun. If you've never been to an outdoor show and you want to be reminded about freedom, Hey, BJ. Barry Joe Maxwell, folks, one of these days, I'm going to get him on this, put some pressure on him. Great preacher, great speaker, great writer, great, great guy all the way around. Great dad, great husband. Um, great friend, man. Great friend. Love that dude. Um, anyway, so, so we go, if, if you, if you want to be reminded of freedom, that's, that's the place to go. I mean, that, that really is the place to go. Um, and you never know what great hunting stuff uh, you're going to, you're going to run into. I mean, you might find a, a new hide, you know, uh, a new little, I don't know what to call them, a little blind, a little pop-up blind. Let me tell you something. You need two people and YouTube to figure out how to put the pop-up blind down. Uh, but you, I'm telling you, it's, it's really, really crazy good um, to see all this new stuff. And you never know what you could do when you're blind, go hunting. You could use that for uh, photography or whatever. And so I saw that there and I got that. It was a really cool thing. And I've gotten some other things there. Now, you know, I'm a trinket guy. I'm a, I'm a new, I'm an early adopter, as you might have figured out. And a couple of things that I've gotten there, eh, not so good. Not so good. I got to be honest with you. Um, not so good. Didn't work out. And, uh, but most of the stuff, you know, it's the latest stuff and it's really, really fun. So anyway, there's that. They didn't ask me to promote it, but why not? Anyway, it's been a, quite a two weeks. I mean, uh, you know, I have to say, as you guys know, as I just said, ad, in, ad nauseum that, you know, I wasn't pro Trump, but I wasn't anti-Trump. I certainly was never a, um, I was never a, um, by the way, if you, if you think of this, pray for my buddy, Steve, uh, from Ohio, he has his boards, his, uh, registered nurse boards on Friday. So long time listener to the show. Great, great guy, great patriot. And uh, he is just working so hard. I know how hard he works. So we can pray him through on that. I know he'll be studied up. There's no doubt about that. So, you know, since since the election, you know, we have really, really learned an awful lot about uh, the left. We've learned about the press, not that we needed a whole lot of learning, 
but they've doubled down. I mean, they, they just didn't get it. The, the Democrats have doubled down. Uh, the liberals have doubled down and, and it's, it's unfortunate. Uh Oh, let's see here. Somebody says the show shows one minute remaining in the show. One minute. No, no, no. It's one hour and 40 minutes. There we go. I have no fear. Uh, I've done that before though. When I schedule the show, I forget to hit that, um, the thing time-wise and then all of a sudden it's over and people are freaking and yeah, I always hate that. I'll, Hey, I don't, <laughs> I do not say for one second that I'm not going to make some big mistakes. Cause I do. Um, so the election happens and, and boy, I'll tell you some good friends of mine are guard gold star uh, families and they're wonderful people. And they, they were spit on water was thrown on them. Somebody tried to throw feces who walks around with feces, you know, come on. Those people are pigs. Just really, really pigs. And, uh, they deserve a throat punch. I've said this before. People say, well, you're supposed to be a pastor. I had a couple of people that follow me on Facebook that have heard me speak in Ohio. By the way, I'll go just about anywhere to speak. Feel free to invite me to come. The only thing I ask as a guarantee is all of my travel and hotel expenses. Um, you know, that's, uh, I like to come in the day before, not the day of, um, just to get lay of the land and, and meet some people and, and all that. So, but I'm very inexpensive. If you're a church, uh, your, my expenses, as long as my expenses are covered and you take a, a love offering or whatever, I'm good with that too. So I was in Ohio at I think three, three speaking things there. And, um, and this lady, you know, really nice lady, but she, she unfollowed me, uh, because she said, you know, I, I really want to hear more of the love, the loving posts that you do, the, the inspiring loving posts. And, you know, I had to explain to her, look, it's not that way. And we've learned it's not always that way. Listen, you you may think that Yeshua or Jesus, as you call him, Yeshua uh, was always loving, but he wasn't. He wasn't in the traditional sense that we have. And sometimes some regulating had to be done. And he did it. You know, those tables were 250 pounds that he overturned there in the temple. Uh, and he wasn't fooling around. He was, he was going to regulate up in there, and he did. So, so my point in this, it isn't always that way. And we've learned that the left uh, talks out of both sides of their mouth. They say, you know, we're tolerant, but they're not. They're completely intolerant. So my gold star friends, they got all kinds of nasty stuff thrown on them. And you know what? They just took it. Now, some of these folks are farmers and ranchers. Uh, some are, uh, one I happen to know, uh, his son was killed. He was a Navy SEAL. Uh, and his son was a Navy SEAL. And I happen to know that he could regulate right here and now. Uh, he would have, if he wanted to, he could have gone after him and, and really, really uh, taught some lessons. But he didn't. He was in his tux and cowboy hat, and he, he just got her done. He got in there and got his wife in there safely. And, and, um, but they were throwing it on, throwing stuff on, uh, you know, women. You know, and they're going into the military ball. Uh, you know, it was free, by the way. It's tens of thousands of people there, free for military. And, and, uh, I just don't, you know, I look at somebody and I, I say, you know, if you do this, if you hurt an animal, an innocent animal or an elderly person or a child, uh, I'm not so positive you deserve to live. And if I see you doing that, uh, I'm going to do all I can to associate, do a pain, uh, you know, pattern interrupt. I'm going to, I'm going to use, utilize pain to introduce you to bad behavior and why you should change. That's just me. Some people are sheep dogs. They don't call me the ninja pastor for nothing. Um, and I understand pastors out there. A lot of times will throw some rocks at me and say, metaphorically speaking, of course, and they'll say, you know, pastor, you, 
you're supposed to be a pastor. You're not supposed to talk like that. You're not supposed to be like that. But uh, I find that you have to do it once and that straightens folks out. And that's, that's kind of what I believe in. I, I just don't think that we should be pushovers. Yeshua wasn't a pushover and, and, and neither am I. So um, anyhow, suffice it to say, we've seen a lot in the last two weeks from the press. Uh, we've seen a lot in the last two weeks from the left. And the LGBT, what, how, what is it now? LGBT, hold on, LGBTQXE, E is for earth, eco, people that are in love with the earth. Um, and so those people, you know, supposed to be really tolerant and, and yet I haven't seen any indication that they are. Did you guys watch that video before I get to Rachel Maddow? Uh, Dr. Rachel Maddow, I'll give her her due. She has a PhD. Um, did you see that video or the series of videos of the, um, the woman and the husband on the plane, uh, Air Alaska, I think it is. First of all, you ought to know better on Air Alaska. Those people don't play. They're tough folk. And this fella has a, a Jesus fish on a tattooed on his inside of his forearm. And he's getting in his seat. Unfortunately, he's on the window seat. And he has to go past these two people uh, who turned out to be just wigged out liberals. And she starts going off on him after she identifies, you know, uh, were you here in town in D.C. to protest or to celebrate? And he said, oh, I was here to celebrate freedom. And, and she went off on him. You guys go to my web, go to my, um, go to my Facebook. And if you don't follow me, click on like and follow or whatever it is you're supposed to do. Uh, and it's posted there also at the Ninja Pastor on Twitter. And you can watch all the videos. I put a couple good links there. Um, that said to say this, you know, she really behaves egregiously. Uh, and then what ends up happening is, uh, and her husband's pretty silent along the way. And I have to think this is not the first time he's had to be silent. And she, and she's old enough, by the way, to know better. She's definitely old enough to know better. And so she starts going off on this guy. Finally, the, the, uh, the flight attendant comes around and, and she says, are we going to have a problem here? And she, this woman wants to be moved to another seat. She doesn't sit next to a conservative. And so she goes, well, lady, that doesn't, you don't have that right. You have to behave or you have to get off the plane. And so uh, she warned her and she didn't improve. And so, in fact, she doubled down, got worse. And then, uh, when they, when the, the gate agent comes to the, comes to their seat and says, you got to go. And she's like, oh, well, you're moving another seat. No, no, you're going off the plane. You're, you're done with this flight. And of course, paraphrasing here, paraphrasing, not power phrasing. And so she, uh, is told she's got to get off the plane. And she goes, well, I'm not leaving. I paid for this seat. Well, so did this young man who was celebrating liberty and freedom, uh, he paid for his seat just like she did. And so she says, well, I'm not leaving. And then she, she, she unveils the, but my husband, I have to get home. My husband's mother, not my mother-in-law, my husband's mother uh, just died and he's trying to get home to her. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, but uh, you have to get off the plane. A decision's already been made. And so as she's gone, she flips off everybody and everybody on the plane claps. Thank God she's gone. See, the thing is, is we, we have to remember that there are consequences for our behavior. There, there are consequences for the left's behavior. Um, and that's just how it is. That's reality. And I'm reading this great book a dear friend sent to me called The Millionaire Fast Lane. Millionaire Fast Lane. And I don't remember the guy's name who wrote the book, and I'm sorry about that. But it, it's a best-selling book times a gazillion. If you Google the millionaire fast lane, you'll see. And it wasn't, it's not so much about riches, attaining riches. It's, it's learning to be 
uh, responsible and accountable and realizing there that there are events and then there are processes. And the fact of the matter is, I'm learning a lot from this book. I'm, I'm really reading the ink off the page, although I'm reading it on uh, my, my uh, tablet thing there. So I don't really think that that it's like rolling in my Facebook live video right before this. I talk about rolling the window down, you know, when we do that little thing where we kind of crank and the fact of the matter is nobody has that. MJ DeMarco is the author. Thank you. I have the smart, smartest audience. Um, so anyway, the point of all this is, um, and oh, the other thing is roll your window down, you know, obviously. And then, uh, people use this, your pinky finger and your thumb, you put it up to your uh, head and that's call me, but really it doesn't work that way. It's, you, you know, we've talked about this before. I don't know what the new thing is. What do we do? I mean, what new thing do we do to, to make, a, I don't know. We just stick with the old stuff. Um, but kids, kids today, like if you're under, uh, maybe 21 years old, you never saw a wind up, a roll up window. And you certainly never saw a phone that you actually hang up, you know, press the red button. I'm hanging up on you while you're actually pressing the button. on. Anyway, don't get, let me lost. Don't let me get lost. So, uh, in this book, uh, it talks about consequences and success is not an event. It's, it's a process, uh, that, you know, it's very important to understand that, that, that you, you may be responsible without being accountable. But you cannot absolutely, you cannot be accountable without being responsible. I'll talk more about that. But I think it's interesting because now the left is freaking out. They are freaking out because um, it, they really are struggling. Uh, and I don't, I don't want to use the word struggling because they're not struggling with this. We're not struggling with this. Uh, they're not struggling with this. They are, they're simply rolling out. They're getting it done. They're, they're in it to win it, you know? And, um, by the way, by the way, let me interrupt myself here. Cause with a brain injury, I forget stuff. You'd think I'd write stuff down on paper. Um, I'm working on this one guest, famous artist, um, uh, used to be now a, a really strong conservative, um, uh, Christian, a hardcore believer, uh, who was extremely liberal, extremely liberal but had an encounter with God, the true God, the Holy Spirit, Ruach HaKodesh, and was transformed. And that's how Yeshua is. The Holy Spirit can do that. Can transform, no matter what your life has been like, it, it can transform you. Now, we want to talk about events and processes. I'm going to talk about that in a minute, how salvation really isn't an event. What this person went through, this, this artist, really super gifted artist, um, went through at coming through that conversion. Cause it kind of happened all at the same time, you know, and it was just all of a sudden thing. And, um, but it was a process and, and, it, and it's interesting to think about that. Well, I want to talk about, uh, Dr. Rachel Maddow. Now, most people don't call her doctor, but I know how hard it is to achieve a, a PhD. So I'll give her that. Now, I don't know what her PhD is in, uh, or any of that stuff. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. You know, she did at least do this unless it was an honorary degree, in which case, whatever. Um, she tweeted this, Donald Trump has to be taken out before he ruins our country. Let me say that again slow. Donald Trump has to be taken out before he ruins our country. Now, here's my struggle. And uh, let me know, message me or whatever if you, if you agree with this. Uh, here's my struggle. 
for so long, the left has talked about how we are intolerable. People on the right are intolerable. Con conservatives are intolerable. We're, we're not, we're, we're uh, misogynists, we're bigots, we're this, we're that. There's a hundred different names for what we are that they, they have for us. And they'll say that we don't care about people, we don't care about immigrants, um, all, all these things. And, and that's fine. That's fine. Um, for the longest time, we were silent because we went, oh, okay, well, First Amendment, you have your right. Um, and we and we don't put any fear in them. They're not afraid of us, so they they just say whatever they want with impunity. No consequence. We didn't associate a consequence with lying about us. Uh, so Donald Trump has to be taken out before he ruins our country. She tweets this on one twenty three uh, seventeen at four fifty five p.m. Well, here's the problem. Uh, what does taken out means? Much like Madonna, she's thinking about now. She's walked that back since the Secret Service has paid her a visit. Um, well, she's clearly lying and I hope the secret service punishes her. Well, the secret service doesn't punish her, but they submit charges for the, um, attorney general's office to prepare charges for her. And I hope that they do, uh, not just cause she disgusts me. And I think she's not very talented at all. Um, or that she looks like, you know, she ran into a wall three or four times only because she's abused drugs and alcohol and, and, um, and surgeries so terribly. And, she has lived so disgustingly and shoved such disgusting stuff in my face. I'm, I'm tired of hearing from her. I wish she'd just kind of fade and, you know, do your thing. Wh whatever, lady, whatever. Um, but she had so many vile things to say. She said she, you know, she's thought many times about blowing up the White House since, you know, Donald Trump, since the election. Well, someone by the name of Janice Bond, um, which I just, I forwarded this uh, from a guy named Jack McCauley. He posted it, but Janice Bond. Uh, at Janice S. Bond, and I don't, if, if she's famous, you know, I don't know. Sorry, I don't know who she is. She doesn't know who I am either, so it's, you know, it's fine. Uh, she just said, I, I just lost all respect for you at Maddow. I can't believe you just tweeted this. I'm glad you deleted it, but it's still wrong. And then she hashtagged Sean Spicer. Um, I don't know what she said after that. I don't know if she tweeted, because I don't follow her. I can't look at all that stuff. But this is a great example, folks. This is a really great example of how they work. And, and we, have to, we have to understand really how, how this works. And, and I've said for a long time, we, oh, oh, you know what? Let me just stop right here. Let me just stop right here. Folks, I do want to um, express not only the show, but my personal uh, sympathies for the Moore family, Mary Tyler Moore. Uh, someone I have grown up uh, just loving. I just loved her work, her comedic work. And most people don't know. She she had a rough time of it. Very, very rough time of it. I mean to tell you, really rough time of it. Uh, she was uh, a um, diabetic, um, type 1 diabetic, and she really struggled. There was a lot of really major health struggles. Now, she died today, this afternoon, shortly before we went on live. And uh, she was 80 years old, but you know what? She was so healthy otherwise, except for this terrible, terrible disease of diabetes. And and listen, if you have blood sugar problems, I, I she she would be pleased. Um, I know uh, because she was a great advocate for fighting diabetes. Uh, if you think you might have it, or you've got some blood sugar issues, go get checked out. And if you are a diabetic, eat the right things. People in your life just want you to eat the right things. It's not worth. That whatever you might eat or drink that's going to cause you to spiral downward, uh, 
it's not worth it. It's, it's not worth it to the people that love you. Um, and so test your blood sugar, you know, when you're supposed to do that. I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, and, and she's a great example, by the way, of, I always say this and, and it's not without a, a, a large amount of research, pretty extensive research. Uh, but she would, she, she would dispute this because obviously she was slender all the way down to her last day. Uh, she was type one diabetic. She, you know, she was not overweight at all. In fact, I'd say she was a little thin. Um, for type one diabetics, it's not necessarily that way, but type two, most often brought on by weight gain, carrying around too much weight. And you might be super, super healthy. And then all of a sudden you've got type two diabetes and it's just an awful disease. It's just a terrible, terrible disease. And so many people have it and they don't realize what it can do. But so my condolences to the, the uh, family of Mary Tyler Moore, uh, I loved watching her show and the one with um, Dick Van Dyke. My goodness, such good entertainment, such good entertainment, so funny and just sweet, you know, just funny and sweet. And then on the Mary Tyler Moore show, I just loved that show. Uh, I remember when I was a little kid, you know, I'd have to run and get my bath. And if Mary Tyler Moore show was on, I had to get my bath first because, you know, right after the show, I had to go to bed. You know, that's just how it worked. I was little. And so I would, and, you know, I'd, I'd make sure I was good and clean because my mom checked. And uh, trust me, you didn't want my mother to clean your ears. You'd be lucky to have ears when she was done with you. Now, that's a consequence. You don't do your good job cleaning your ears, mom will do it. And when mom cleans your ears, you'll never forget it. You will never, you'll do it one time. You'll mess up one time. And you don't think she'll check. You think she's going to forget, but she, she never forgot. And so anyway, so I'm going to come in. I remember sitting in my little PJs, my little boy PJs. And uh, the warmth of the wood stoves, because we didn't have regular heat. We had uh, wood stoves. That's how we heated our home. And my dad was so faithful, you know, getting up early in the morning, so early in the morning to keep the keep the warmth going. And the little things, I mean, uh, it might seem like a little thing. Some folks, it was a big thing to me. The point is, is I would watch that and I would laugh and some stuff I understood. Um, you know, it just was such a sweet show. And, and I, I really, it did kind of hit me. Honestly, it did kind of hit me and I was really, really saddened by it. But um, I think she would tell you she lived a good life and and she's just, you know, I don't know if she was a person of faith. Someone just messaged me and, and do you think that she's a person of faith? And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. So anyway, my point in all this is, is Rachel Maddow, uh, Maddow or Maddow? I don't know. It looks like Maddow, but um, I don't want to say her name wrong, but um, so she, she did this awful thing. And then Madonna says this awful thing. And, and all of these people say these terrible, terrible things. And I think to myself, my goodness, how can you be, uh, by the way, Steve from Pennsylvania or Steve from Ohio, type two diabetes is caused by insulin resistance, typically caused by obesity. Type one is typically from birth or juvenile. So thank you for that. Thank you for clarifying that for us. Um, always a great resource. So here we are, here we are, uh, you know, we've, we've got all these people, um, which let's, let's not skip over the, the day before the, the night before the inauguration, the day of the inauguration and the day after inauguration, uh, especially in Washington, DC, how ironic, or uh, I don't know if ironic is not the right word. Um, how incredible is it that the damage that was done was to liberal organizations, you know, a bank that has so heavily supported um, uh, Hillary Clinton. And uh, by the way, did you hear the rumor? There are some uh, rumors out there 
from insiders talking about um, Hillary's um, Hillary has some plans there is considering running for mayor of New York City. And isn't that something? We all wish that she would go away. And a lot of people said, oh, she's going to go away now. And I said on the radio after the election, I said, nope, she's not going away. That's not what she's about. And, and I want you to understand that that's not what the left is about. The left is, um, the left is staying in the fight. This is what the left is about. They, they're not going to back down. They're not going to back down. This is not what they do, but we do. Uh, and there were some folks that said, um, you know, that it was a, um, they didn't like Donald Trump's speech, which I loved it. First of all, it was 16 minutes power. Second of all, I loved how he was standing in front of people who I think sold America out. I don't think it. I know it. Uh, to me, they're traitors and they should go to jail. Um, that sounds so hyperbolic, hyperbolic or whatever it is. Uh, but, um, but it's true. I mean, if you look at what they've done and how they've done it, you have to conclude. Hold on. Let me get some tea. You have to conclude that they they did some horrible things worthy of treason, uh, charge and punishment of treason. You do an act and there's a consequence. That's just reality. Uh, we, we have to hold these people accountable. So so here here we are and, and we're in this thing uh, called life and and. Uh, Oh, the other thing that people will say that I have to correct them on is that, well, they just, they love America too. Well, no, they don't love America because they want to, they want to change. They want to change the, the, um, they really want to change America and, and fundamentally transform America. And as a result, you have to conclude that they don't love America. So there's all these protests and, and they're, they're burning I didn't realize that the damage was this bad, but I'm I'm learning now that the damage to that bank uh, was was in the millions. Uh, they burnt the um, limousine, uh, totally totaled the limousine. Ironically, it was a CNN rented limousine. CNN rented, or I can't remember who it was rented it, but it was rented for or leased for um, Larry King you know, big supporter of, of liberal causes over, over his career. And ironically that, you know, they did that and see for them, it doesn't matter. The left doesn't matter and there should be consequences. So now uh, the rioters over 200 of them have been um, they've been identified and they're going to face felony charges, which I love that. I love it. I absolutely love it. And um, so when we, when we see that, that's, I don't want to be accountable is what they're saying. Now, see, there's an event. They did an event and we would say, well, they did this because the left says we're, we're rioting. I don't say protesting or demonstrating. We're rioting. Uh, let, let's take it back a little bit further. Uh, Michael Brown, uh, Trayvon, Martin, um, and several others, you know, there was the big riots. Um, it's a guy in Baltimore, Freddie Gray, you know, they said, well, this happened. And as a result, we are going to demonstrate. We're going to protest. Well, they didn't. They rioted and they're criminals and they should all be charged with felonies and should be put into jail. My point is this is it, that wasn't an event. That wasn't one thing that happened that suddenly they're in this. And, and it's a process. The process is they have lived like liberals. They've thought like liberals. Uh, they, they, have, they have promulgated liberal ideology 
for so long and so vigorously, the truth doesn't matter. Right behavior doesn't matter. But they'll say right behavior according to who? We've got to get attention. We've got to do this. Now, I would say the perpetually aggrieved, they would tell you too, you know, the ones that come out and, and it's always about money, you know, Jesse Jackson and, and uh, Al Sharpton and all these other race baiters. There's a whole big long list of them now. Um, it, it, for them, it's about money. That's how they extort money this way. And, and, P, and so do the Clintons. So do the Clintons. You look at that woman. Uh, she's from Idaho. She is contending to uh, run the Democrat Party. By the way, it's not the Democratic Party. It's the Democrat Party. Uh, and so the, the DNC, um, she's, she's vying for that job. And she sa- she's a white woman. And she says, my job is when a, um, when a white person stands up and says, I'm not a racist because I'm a Democrat. You know, I'm a liberal. My job is to tell them to shut up, to shut them up. Um, so this is what you're facing, this whole, this whole mindset. And one of the things we're going to talk about today with Dr. Turley is that mindset, but also where that leads you. Do you see what I'm saying? This, this is what we've got to face. We've got to face that. that. Now, I've said on the show before, we've got some commenters now saying, well, but they believe that. Um, Yes, the rank and file, the rank and file, they do believe it, you know, uh, except for the paid protesters. Uh, what do you think about keeping, keeping, keeping Comey? Okay, there we go. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Thank you, Jerry. Um, so we, we have this mindset that's not an event. It didn't happen. They didn't riot because some guy died in police custody. They didn't riot because Michael Brown rightfully, the only thing uh, Daniel did, the police officer, the only thing he did wrong was he waited too long to shoot him. Uh, but he didn't shoot him. And he almost lost his own life because the guy was black. I have a good friend of mine. Uh, he's recently retired black police officer. He's done very, very well. And, and we had a very frank conversation. He, he declined to be on the show um, that he, I think that he's on the fence about it. I don't think he's completely ruled it out, but he says, look, I don't want to face a bunch of, I don't want people come to my house, throwing rocks at my family. And because we had a conversation about being a black police officer, what it's like and all that stuff. And what was his experience and some of his experience he experienced, I experienced it with him because, you know, we, we worked together as a police officer. And, and he told me, he said, you know what, here's the truth. Uh, the last thing any police officer, let alone a black police officer, wants to do is go on these places and deal with these black people. And he said, because, you know, no matter what you do, you're going to be sued. You're, you know, there's a chance you're going to lose your home. You're going to lose your, 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 uh, what you, what you do for a living. And he said, the sad part of it is, is because of that reluctance to shoot somebody, cops are dying. White cops, black cops, Mexican cops, um, you know, Oriental or Asian cops, you know, all these different nationalities of people, they're, they're afraid because they don't want to shoot a black person now. They don't, because they're going to face such backlash and it's just terrible. So my point is this, is that, you know, we cannot believe that it was a, a, something that happened. It was a process of thinking. And that all starts in my book, excellence killed the church. How mediocrity is destroying America. You can get it on amazon.com. Um, 
there's a link on my website, drshongreener.com, the ninjapastor.com. Click on that, buy the book. It's real cheap. Um, you'll see, I talk about the education system and it's, and it's, all this is done for a reason. It's done a certain way to bring about a certain response and very successful. So I've been asked, uh, what do I think about, uh, president Donald Trump keeping Comey? First of all, do you guys know Comey is six, six or six, seven? I can't remember how tall he is. Six, six foot six or six foot seven. Very big guy. And he's in super shape, a uh, very brilliant guy, and was long thought to be, uh, you know, nonpartisan. He was just a professional and, and very six foot eight. He is six foot eight. Thank you, Jerry. Um, towers over everybody. I mean, it's just amazing to watch. And so he, he had a very good record. Uh, he was thought to be very nonpartisan, very fair. Um, and, uh, but then during the Obama administration, he was, I think a holdover, um, uh, during the Obama administration, he made some decisions that really don't make any sense. They don't make sense to anybody. You guys know, you watched all the press conferences where he said, you know, she was extremely careless, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pursue charges against her talking about Hillary Clinton, which clearly after the big long list that he gave, clearly she should have been arrested. Clearly, she should have been prosecuted, uh, and clearly, and I hope at some point this does happen, that she will be um, punished for what she's done. And I mean, for real punished. Not just her, but the entire Clinton Foundation. Not just them, but the the entire Democrat national uh, group of people. They're just, they're just bad people, I'm sorry to tell you. One of the reasons why Joe Manchin of West Virginia is thinking about uh, switching to Republican is he's just so disgusted by his party. Uh, the Democrat Party. So Comey, um, I was extremely upset by the choices that he made. Um, I believe for me personally, um, I think it's egregious. What he did, I believe, is egregious. And uh, not once, but twice. And do I think that he did that to mess up um, Hillary Clinton in the election was, do I think he was coerced? No, I think exactly the opposite. I think he, um, I think he was taking a lot of heat because of what he did from the left. I think Obama said, Hey, you do what you got to do, but, uh, Hey, I don't know, man, you might want to think about what you're doing. Wink, wink. Uh, so he had to do what he had to do, and, and he followed his conscience, I guess, and he did that. Now, Donald Trump has come out, I think today or yesterday evening, and said, look, I'm going to keep him there. I'm going to keep James Comey there. I think something important to remember is that uh, James Comey, prior to all this happening, was, was very well-liked by the rank and file. I mean, really well-liked really well liked and then this happened and boy the rank and file of the federal bureau of investigation said wow you really sold us out here and there was a large group of people that uh, of agents that got together and said hey you know what um we need to uh come out and and express our our concern here now the big question on the table is what if hillary clinton had become president now when it comes to voter fraud, I believe there was massive voter fraud. I absolutely do. And 
you know, we're under pressure as conservatives to be conciliatory. For whatever reason, we got to be conciliatory. We're the only ones that are, are told we have to be conciliatory. If the left wins, well, elections have consequences. And they're not conciliatory at all. Some people have sent message to me saying, hey, you know, why was why was President Trump so nice to Hillary Clinton? Uh, why has she been so respectful to Bill and Hillary Clinton? Um, he's he's super smart is why. Because he is smart because he's not making it a vendetta. Because if charges, if Attorney General Sessions um, does an investigation and finds out that uh, – the outgoing attorney general, ultra leftist, um, if she, you know, the same one that got on the plane with Bill uh, Clinton and had a private, unobserved uh, conversation with Bill Clinton shortly before Comey came out and said, you know, well, I'm not going to charge her. Um, that the charges uh, may be levied against them and, and that they may have to stand trial. And I believe that they should. I, I absolutely believe that. I absolutely believe there was massive voter fraud. Um, and now they're saying about Donald Trump, oh, you know, you're sore. You're you're being a child. You're being childish. You know, that's not very, that's, that's sour grapes. Sour grapes for who? He won. He won. It's not sour grapes. And so he was very, very gracious to them uh, so that when that happens, and I hope that it does, when Sessions comes out and, and, and files charges, opens an investigation, they find enough evidence, which obviously there is. I'm hoping at that time that if Comey was influenced to, to not bring charges, whether, whether, whatever the cost was, whatever, the, whatever they said they'd do to him if he didn't not charge her, if he charged her, you're going to pay. Whatever that was, and I don't care what that is, that he would be tried and, and uh, charged and tried and punished. If he caves to that, you may say, come on, you know, they, the, the Clintons kill people. Well, that's my point. Uh, so he, he would allow her to become president. We can't have that. And so sometimes standing for freedom and liberty has consequences, events and process. Um, responsible and accountable. I mean, there's just it's just so important. And so if she to become president, I you, you wonder what would have happened. She probably would have cut him loose because he didn't toe the line. Um, she is now publicly blaming him for her losing. Well, you know, we know that, and we look at, we look at, well, look at, look at what Barack Obama, and I, I don't like to talk about him too much, although when he, and if he gets charged, which I'm not holding my breath, but if he does, remember he gave 221000 $221 million of your money as a gift to the Palestinians, right? Jihad terror group, Jihad terror group. So he did that right before leaving. Now, here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with that. By the way, thank you to everybody who has followed me on Facebook and also at the website, uh, drshawngreener.com, theninjapastor.com, that little panel that comes up, ask for your name and your email address if you want to get notifications of where I'll be and see my posts first and all that stuff. Uh, thank you to that. Thank you guys for doing that. Um, the... The thing is, let me sum it up this way, because I'm realizing we're running out of time in the first hour, and, and we're going to have Dr. Turley on with us, and I want him to have all the time that he needs. The, the really important thing here is, is this. And this should be a lesson that all of us 
remember. By the way, I, I, if I didn't say it, Trump halts Obama's $221 million of your money sent to, sent to terrorists. Now, let me say this. There, that, if nothing else, that is something that we should charge the man with. Um, we look at the, the uh, huge amount of cash that went to the Iranians. That's a chargeable offense. That's a violation of federal and international law. The man lied to everybody that would listen about that. That should absolutely be uh, punished. And and so a lot of people say, well, you know, that's a unique thing about America, you know, no harm, no foul. No, it's the left never does that. When the left wins, they don't ever go, well, you know, yeah, we we're mad at you, but, you know, it was a good fight and, and uh, we'll shake hands. I think Donald Trump in this case has been very, very smart because they can't say, well, he just had it out for her had it out for play the play the little luncheon afterwards where they were invited to come and they came bill and hillary and he had everybody give them an ovation very gracious very very gracious success is not an event folks it's not that one thing success is a process it's a process and and so donald trump was very smart and he is in a process you understand what i'm saying this is a process i believe that donald trump is as resolved now as he was before the election. He didn't just say all those things to get elected. Look at what all he has done. Look at what he's gotten accomplished in such a short period of time. Some people say, well, it just really looks bad for America. You know, this guy is so anti-immigration. No, he's not anti-immigration. He's anti-illegal immigration. And anybody that's for illegal immigration, well, I'm sorry to tell you, you're, you're, not, you're not thinking straight. You're not thinking straight. Illegal is the first word. You know, they tried to apply this other word called dreamers, you know, children who uh, of people who illegally immigrated. In other words, they stole into the country. They burglarized a country that somehow or another, you know, that's not wrong. Well, they'll use these other words. They'll try to co-opt the vernacular. But what ends up happening is we get we get lulled. Well, this guy lulled into not fighting, lulled into not being a sheepdog for our own country. America first, you know, people say, well, that's a nationalistic thing. That's dangerous. You know, the Nazis were like that. Com comparing Nazi Germany and Hitler and all that to Trump and make America great again is comparing apples and aardvarks. They both start with A's, but they're nothing alike. They both end with S, but they're nothing alike. Apples and aardvarks. There's no comparison to the two. They're not tethered in any way to each other. But the left will say things and we will stand and go, mm, well, mm. You know, we'll be quiet. I say we don't be quiet. We'll back off some. We'll tone down. We'll walk things back. I don't do it. I don't do it. I don't walk anything back unless I'm proven to be wrong, in which case I apologize. <coughs> Excuse me. And I'm not afraid to apologize. Not in the least, folks. I'm not in the least. People say, you know, that uh, conservatives don't apologize. Oh, absolutely, I apologize for things. When I'm wrong, I will. But if I'm not wrong, I'm not walking anything back. I'm not walking anything back. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to pretend I was wrong uh, just because, you know, for good feelings. Because believe you me, just like, and I compare uh, Democrats to Islam all the time. And, and they hate that, by the way. I'm being followed by Media Matters. You guys ever hear of Media Matters? Well, I guess, I guess uh, even though I don't make any money doing this show, I guess at least I can be proud of that, that now Media Matters follows me. And if you see weird people post uh, on my any of my uh, footprint footprint is just, you know, my social media and wherever, you know, wherever I'm quoted or anything. Um, 
you'll see them post and you're, you'll, they'll make comments. You're like, well, who is that person? And you click on it and you're like, well, he would never be friends with that person. Well, that's who they are. That's, that's what they are. Media matters. And they pay people to do that. They, that's their job is to sit and scour social. And they may be assigned three, four five people and they follow them and they try to trip them up and they even try to hack their websites and damage their websites, crash their websites, all these different things. They're evil. They're evil. It's no small thing. It's a big thing. So all that said to say this, that at some point or another, um, we have to realize that we have to stop being conciliatory, not just because we want, and I think we want, America want. Um, talking about the inauguration, somebody said, what did I think of the inauguration, the whole process? I thought it was amazing. I thought it was amazing. It's the lowest amount of money uh, that's ever been spent on an inauguration since they've been measuring it with today kind of dollars. Now, we're not talking about, you know, all the way back in the, the 40s or whatever. You know, that's that's comparing apples and artifacts. It's just not fair. Uh, but in the modern age, yeah, absolutely. So I loved it. I loved it. I loved his speech. I loved how he stood up and unapologetically stayed. He was still very, very gracious, uh, even though Michelle Obama was far from gracious. Um, she was very gracious. The family, people have asked me about the family. People have asked me about Baron Trump. I've adopted Baron Trump. He's, he's, he is my mission, Baron Trump. I like the kid. Now, Baron Trump is almost six feet tall, and he is 10 years old. Baron Trump speaks fluently three languages. His mother speaks four language fluent four languages fluently, and another I would even describe as fluently, but she wouldn't. She's learning the language. She says now she's very very intelligent lady, uh, very very intelligent lady. Not dumb at all. They've described her as dumb. You remember Chelsea Handler? I hate to say her name, I hate to utter her name because I just can't stand her. Chelsea Handler. Um, you know, now she's saying, making fun of Melania Trump because Melania Trump, you know, has, you know, an inflection in her speech. Well, she's not speaking her native tongue, but she, by the way, speaks four languages. Chelsea Handler barely speaks one. And that's English, you know, her native tongue. And the fact of the matter is, is uh, what are you making fun of her for? But Baron Trump, you know, uh, Melania doesn't have three or four nannies. Now, um, the Obamas had three nannies, three paid nannies, one of which was on your dime, um, her, her mother, uh, Michelle Obama's mother. And so she was paid very handsomely to, to take care of those kids. Um, what she judging by what the oldest is doing. I don't think that's only she was very successful, but whatever, you know, they, they think Beyonce is, uh, uh, somebody that, that girls should follow. And I don't think so. Not at all. Not in the least. So, so we have this, we have this situation where people are making fun of Baron Trump. I think he's a cute little boy. I think he's sweet. He idolizes his father. Um, uh, Melania raises her son and, and, and Donald Trump raises his son and, and all of the uncles and aunts. Well, they're not uncles and aunts. They're brothers and sisters, actually, if you think about it. Um, they... I just, you know, it's a loving family. They're very loving. They look out for one another. Um, and during the process, you know, this boy was sick. He had the flu coming into um, coming into the inauguration day. Uh, and he was kind of getting better, but not quite. You know how that sickness has been. It just it just stays on. Well, then at the signing ceremony, uh, he was playing peekaboo with his little, uh, I guess, niece or nephew or whatever. Um, 
And I thought it was adorable. And they said, you know, gosh, you know, he's, you know, he's just kind of odd. Well, he's 10, you know, and when he was walking, uh, he was a little gawky. He's been surrounded by security his whole life. Um, but these are new people and these are new people with guns and this is a much bigger thing. And don't think he doesn't see what the people say about him, uh, what they say about his father. And, and so, you know, it's a little bit scary. It's, it's a big, scary thing. He's 10 years old. And he was kind of gawky and cute and, you know, ambling along, wearing the same shoes his dad has on, the same tie, the same shirt. His dad has his clothes made for him, not because he wants a clone, because when Baron was very, very little, uh, Baron asked to wear a suit every day. And, well, why do you want to wear a suit every day, Baron? Well, because I want to be like my hero. Well, who's your hero? My dad. And so his dad heard about that, President Trump, and when he was just Donald Trump, and he now has the same guy that makes his suits, makes his son's suits to order. And I think it's adorable. Um, I don't like people picking on him. Now, you'll know that uh, I didn't pick on Sasha and Malia. <coughs> I thought they were, but I pointed the truth when there was truth to be had. Uh, many people on the left, including the Saturday Night Live writer who has now been fired, uh, who was uh, poking at um, saying he uh, Baron would be the first homeschool shooter, you know, out of that family. and um, I think it's, you know, I think it's egregious. It's absolutely egregious. Uh, she and, and several others have alleged that Baron Trump alleged like it's a charge uh, has autism. He's 10. He's 10 years old. He's a little boy in a big boy's body, a teenager's body. Well, I take that seriously. I really, really do. Uh, I'm, I'm disgusted by it and I won't tolerate it. And I'll, I'll stand up for this little guy. Um, Every chance I get. I mean, he's just a sweet little boy. And and I think, you know, we're very lucky to have this family in our. Um, I just. They're classy, they're elegant, they're they're all of these things. And I like having them there and I and I'm I'm going to support them. And so the, the point I'm trying to make here is egregious behavior. If we ever made fun of. You know, look how dark the one child is. Look how light the other is. My goodness, what's up with that? Uh, oh, uh, the oldest one got caught with marijuana and twerking. Where was her Secret Service deal? Where was grandma? Grandma gets paid huge money, six figures, to watch these children. Why uh, don't she be doing a better job? I didn't say that. Not at any point in time. Uh, she's 18 years old now, and she's living her thing. I want to ask you, why didn't, why didn't these children show up at the inauguration? We were told a lie that that they were uh, on the plane, Air Force One, waiting to go on vacation. Not true. Uh, the oldest was not on that plane. And so why they would lie to us, I don't know. But listen, the man started his run for president based on a bunch of lies. Why, why stop lying now? It worked beautifully for him. Beautifully. Somebody tell me uh, why we don't see the actual numbers on Obamacare. We hear all this all the time about, oh, Obamacare. Uh, more people have insurance. Um, more people have insurance now than they did before Obamacare. You know, yay, really great thing. Well, no, not yay, because I'm one of the people that lost my insurance. And you guys that know me, I'm the last person in the world should be without health insurance. You know, given what I'm dealing with on a daily, that's I should have health insurance. And I lost mine. You know, they just they left the state. And now I can't get it you know, pre-existing conditions, mass, nobody's taking me on, not even the Christian plans that aren't insurance. They're just like cost share. I can't get that either. And I don't blame them. You know, why would you bring somebody with all of my stuff onto your plan? 
how insurance works. So anybody, if you have those numbers, the actual numbers, if you can send them to me at smgreener at gmail.com, I would love that because I and my researchers, we can't find it. The real numbers, the non-adjusted numbers. Anyway, let me sum it up with this. The march, you guys watched the women's march. You watched that. You were appalled. Uh, it's just, it's just horrible. It's it was horrible what I saw. The and and some of these people had children. I don't know whose children they were, but they had children with them, and they're walking around in in costumes, vagina costumes, you know, with their heads sticking out. And I'm thinking to myself, what are you doing? Come on, what are you protesting? You think Donald Trump is somehow or another? And this is what they do. They foment all this, you know, fake fear. They're such victims. They're perpetually aggrieved. They use it intentionally. They use it intentionally to back you up. Black Lives Matter does the same technique. It's what they do. It's what they do. We got to accept facts. We got to accept when it's true, it's true. And that's what you got to do. So my point here is this. You watch, uh, watch the videos, watch these awful things. And then there's a guy named Big Joe. Go to my Facebook and find, um, find the, the, um, I'm trying to think of where it might be. Yesterday yesterday afternoon, I posted a video about Big Joe. If you click on follow, you can see all my stuff. Uh, you know, about Big Joe, you know, big, big, big black guy. And he's riding through this protest or whatever it is. And he's like, what's all this about? Well, people said, well, how could he not know what it's about? It's a huge thing. It's all over television. Well, he doesn't watch television. You know why he doesn't watch television? He's busy working multiple jobs. But he's also an avid reader because the guy is super smart because once once the uh, interviewer got him started, huh, he just he just tore him a new one with a bunch of truth. And I really like it. If you know how to get a hold of that guy, I'd love to have him on the show, by the way. Um, really, really phenomenal. Big Joe. So now we you're you're really lucky because we we have on and a great friend of the show, and I, I love having him on. Um, his name is Dr. Stephen Turley. Welcome, Stephen. Dr. Sean, it's great to be with you, man. Man, it's my pleasure, buddy. My pleasure. How are you doing? How are you feeling about America right now? <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it's nice to feel great again. Yes, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. I'm loving the shock and all week and uh, just seeing all these executive orders being passed and just seeing um, Obama's government being dismantled by the minute. Well, uh, what do you make of all of the people crying? Remember, there's video of this, and I don't know if it's a woman or a man. I find with the left sometimes you kind of need people to um, you kind of need people to tell you on the left whether they're male or female. Not that they would, because that's labeling them. But um, <laughs> that's right. You know, there was this person. We'll just say this person of unnamed gender. Um, Sitting, they were sitting at the inauguration. Now they they made the steps to come to the inauguration. They're all bundled up, great. Um, and as as President Donald Trump is being inaugurated, uh, she she he whatever. Um, yeah, right. And I'm not saying, and honestly, I'm not saying that to be a pejorative. I'm saying it because I frankly couldn't figure it out, and the article right, didn't right, indicate. Sure. You know, in the video, you watch the video, you have no idea. So um, whatever. Uh, was sitting there screaming at the top of his, her, or its lungs, no, no, I don't mean the top of, top of their lungs. And, and I, you know, it was just an amazing thing to see. What do you make of that? What is, you know, give me your thoughts on that. I'm always interested in what you think. 
that kind of hysteria. Well, for, first of all, the um, the focus. If, if Trump was able to hear that, you certainly couldn't tell when you were when you were watching him. Uh, so he's staying focused. Uh, I do I do enjoy. I mean, he he just doesn't seem uh, to be afraid of any any fight, any confrontation. He's he's got this extraordinary courage, far more than I. And uh, so that's something I really admire. As far as the um, uh, the hysteria uh, of it, I'm wondering to what extent um, it's it's just rooted in the notion for for liberals and secularists that politics is liturgy, politics is worship. Uh, it I, all for for conservatives, particularly conservative Christians. Um, we find our our expressive, um, uh, how should I put it, you know, um, liturgical embodiments in worship, in the worship of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, in uh, in the worship with God's people, and so on. Well, if you don't have that, uh, politics becomes this avenue of religious fervency and and uh, excess and expression and and politics is is pretty powerful with that politics is theater it is ritual it is show it's always been just think about you know the great parades of caesar and all and um and i think they're just this is where they find life this is where they think the ultimate expression of things can uh can be found sports fans can have that but you know they they're called fanatics for a reason, right? Fans. Um, but of course, I would see that as a much more positive and healthy expression of it. This, the, it, it is a tragedy um, to worship in a context where um, your Savior can lose. <laughs> we, we worship in a context where our Savior has already won, and then we celebrate when the larger public square recognizes that and seeks to work with that, and uh, we pray uh, and uh, we certainly mourn when it uh, fails to recognize that, but we're not defeated. We don't. We don't see. We don't see um, the politics in that those kind of ultimate terms. We relativize it to something much larger. So in many ways, I just I kind of feel sorry for the person. I, I there is there is a liturgical expression for that person, and it is found in the church. It is not found uh, in politics. So <clears throat> what I heard you say is that they're crazy, and because they don't have Jesus. They're, until they come to Jesus, they're they're not. And and I I teased at the beginning of this uh, show. I'm really trying to get this this artist. She's she's going to come on uh, under a uh, uh, a pseudonym or nom de plume. She's because she's works obviously in a very liberal, uh, very LGBT. Um, you know her world. She's a professional artist, a painter, and uh, she had to come to Christ process i talk about how it's not a an event it's a process and and mm -hmm. so this was over the course of several days she thought she was dying um she had visions uh, you know wow. just just a, an amazing powerful story but then her her process of coming from being ultra liberal you know earth mother you know type of thing to mm -hmm. sure. um to 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 realizing that everything that she has stood for 
uh, everything she stood for, it, you know, is not true and that she's been sold right. a bill of goods. And then, but, but she realized that she's in a career, which is, is predominated by very, very liberal people who, who she knew very early on, very early on, <laughs> were not tolerant. We're not loving. Right. We're not any right. of those things. And so now for her to come out is just, you know, it's not like when you come out being gay. Look, if I came out as gay, which I'm not, and I don't want anybody to clip that, you know, Media Matters now <laughs> follows me, and I don't want them to clip that statement. You know, if I come out as gay, you know, Ninja Pastor is afraid of coming out as gay. Uh, you know, that'll be the headline. So, <laughs> but, if, but if I did, day, Sean. <laughs> you know, you know. I'm apparently the least gay person, you know, I don't know. I'm number one. So, uh, but you know, if I were to do that, I would be heralded. And certainly if I'd have done it during the, the, uh, Obama administration, I would be heralded as a hero. He, he might even call oh, me yeah. or invite me to the white house. And so, 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 you know, it's, you come out as gay. I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, you're a hero. People clap and you know, you're, you're treated with kid gloves and, and, and so, but she she knew very early on. She tells me this story very early on. That wasn't the case, and she knew she couldn't come out as conservative Christian. And I mean, mm -hmm. she's a a Bible uh, a Bible student, a really good Bible student, and uh, this is a, a great believer in Christ. And and but she's in this mm -hmm. predicament, which is, I I come out as conservative Christian. Guess what? Mm -hmm. I have no friends. Mm -hmm. And I've, mm -hmm. I've said to her during our interviews, trying to, not trying to convince her, but to trying to work through the process and understand, look, I understand. I definitely understand, you know, the cost for you, every friend, family members, everything, uh, are they're going to turn their back on you and they're going to do it in a mean, intolerant, angry way. And so we're trying to mm -hmm. work out how to change your voice or, you know, all this stuff, because I, I get right. it and I certainly don't want to be responsible for that. All that said to say this, you know, the left is not loving. They are not. Uh, now, I have friends, people that follow me on social media know that I'm very good friends. I call her my sister. Uh, she is the sister of someone that I have protected, executiveprotectionteam.com, um, that I protect a very high-profile person that the vitriol and the politics of personal destruction against this dear lady, uh, her sister, Christine O'Donnell, is, is the person I protected. And her sister, I adore her sister, and I love her. I tell her publicly that I love her, and I do love her. We spent 16, 18 hours a day for months, and mm -hmm. she, she, she has been, uh, you know, out gay in, in uh, Hollywood as a producer and writer and director of different things for a long time. Now, isn't that something? Christine O'Donnell was accused of being anti-LGBT. Her sister and her best friend are gay. Uh, very right. loving, sweet relationship. And, uh, and I grew to love her and, and we still are good friends. And she went to one of the marches in LA and she had a sign that said, um, something to the effect of let's get back to love. You know, she wasn't mm -hmm. doing any of that other stuff. She wasn't walking around wearing lady parts around her. She's, she, you know, she's, she's got some, she's got some class. And so, right. um, but she, she was a little bit appalled by that. She said, I'm not there marching for that. I'm, I don't think Donald Trump's going to steal my rights and, you know, dial everything back. But but I am a little nervous um, mm -hmm. and I respect that. You can feel that way. Mm -hmm. But what do you what do you make of some of the things? And I know you've seen the video and and uh, you're you're a, uh, a vigorous consumer of all things news. Have you seen the videos? Have you seen the signs? Have you seen the outfits? Oh, sure. 
Oh, sure. Oh, sure. What, oh, yeah. what do you make of that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, to be honest with you, I, I, I see it as, as radically self-defeating. Um, what we have to remember is that the Liberal Democratic um, Party oh, since the 1960s has been considered, or it's been at least it's billed itself as the party of democracy. Uh, particularly through emancipatory politics that you and I have talked about on a number of occasions, mm-hmm. where where you've got just this idea of, okay, if you feel disenfranchised up to this point that you, you can't participate in our democratic public square because of all these um, bigoted and homophobic and so, you know, these unjust traditions that sort of get in your way, no problem. We'll get rid of those traditions. We'll relabel them as hateful and so on. We'll get rid of those traditions so as to be able to draw you into the democratic process. Now, if that's your shtick, if your shtick is we are the party of democracy, what do you think happens when everybody looks at you and sees you acting about as anti-democratic imaginable, like the person mm-hmm. screaming at the inauguration? Um, it, it, it looks as about as illiberal as it possibly can. They look strange. They look odd. They look extremist. Um, you saw, I think, uh, you would have seen it on Drudge, um, Rasmussen's, uh, poll, 57% approval rating. So Trump's almost hitting a 60% approval rating. You've got the Dow mm-hmm. over 20,000 today. Um, you've got um, you've got TPP gone. You've got Obamacare gone. You've got uh, the wall starting to be built. Uh, I mean, people are happy. They like this. That finally a man of action. Finally a man who's not prancing around, um, bowing to every special special interest, moral interest out there from you know the LGBT community, the feminists, and you know, so on. Finally, somebody says, "All right, enough of that nonsense." Let's actually, you know, let's let's build things. Let's do something. And um, I just think they really do come across as extremists and hysterical. And they actually risk undermining the very branding of their party. So when their party says, we stand for democracy, no, you don't. You're the ones who've been trying to get rid of Trump since the moment he came in. You're the ones the moment, the day out. I mean, they barely called what was what was the last one, probably Pennsylvania. They barely called Pennsylvania at 3 a.m. You were filling the streets screaming, not my president, not my president. I, I think it's, I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not going to work in their favor. I think Trump and the Republicans are going to look increasingly competent and stable, uh, and they're going to look like statesmen, and these guys are going to look like radicals, and I don't think people are that interested in that. Hmm. Well, then that brings me to my next question. How did they get this way? Oh, how did they how, get how it? Did, well, let, me, let me rephrase it. How did they get this yeah. far off track? How did, because yeah. because as conservatives, we got off track. Not me, but not right. you, not many of my friends. But there was a big chunk of the conservative uh, party, the conservative group, that got way off track. And I would say the never Trumpers are still off track. But mm-hmm. but so so how did how did the Democrat Party get so off track? How did that happen? Yeah. Yeah, I th- I do think I think it's intrinsic in the ideology, um, the, and I think it's secularism in the end. When all said and done, secularism is a commitment to two tenets, 
Uh, again, tenets, we have, and we've talked about this, scientific rationalism on the one hand is the only mm-hmm. way we can know, and then mm-hmm. personal autonomy on the other. So you, you affirm that the only knowledge that's available to us reduces all of reality to biology, chemistry, and physics on the one hand. Mm-hmm. And therefore, if you want to find meaning and purpose and self-identity and, and the like, that's all on you. It's all personal. It's all private. And G.K. Chesterton, I think, said it best. When mm-hmm. we don't believe in God, uh, it's not that we end up believing in nothing. Alas, it's much worse. We end up believing in anything. And I think that's what's, what's um, freaking out the, the left right now. They have, they have literally – think about it this way. Um, and, and again, I think part of the miracle of Trump uh, fits into this in terms of his victory and the like. Um, conservatives have been in the wilderness in many respects, at least mm-hmm. at the federal executive level for eight years. And yet we never lost our culture. We never lost our fellowship. We never lost the practices that uh, embody our culture. Um, we Again, because we're, we've already won. Our victory is not in politics. It's, it's a, well, let's put it this way. It's in a new Jerusalem that, is, that we didn't build and uh, ruled by a king that we didn't crown. So we, we, can, we can walk with a steadiness that I don't think the liberal left has. The moment mm-hmm. the liberal left has redefined reality as purely naturalistic processes, wherein meaning is found solely within following one's heart, uh, you know, whatever turns you on kind of thing, what we've seen is that this is, um, this is a totally anti-cultural, transcultural um, processes where they're not rooted in anything. And so what's happened? Well, you take like the multiculturalism where we're all being tolerant of one another. Everybody's allowed, you know, whether you're uh, European or African or um, Latino or uh, Native American, we're all allowed. Everybody, let's have a space for everybody. Now what's happened? Well, now you got Black Lives Matter and now you have La Raza. And you have, now you have this radical sort of racist tribalism uh, that's formed out of the multiculturalism, and now we can't talk to each other because it's a cultural absolutism. And mm-hmm. so it, it seems like the moment you start with the two premises of secularism, inevitably it seems to degenerate into these forms of extremism that just have no grounding in reality, no grounding in truth, so as to be able to shape and form us, even when things are not going our way, we know who's mm-hmm. won, and we can we can we can uh, you know muscle through it, as it were. They just don't have that same orientation to the world. Hmm. Now we've talked about this before, but we have a question from chat: um, How do we rein the media back into factual reporting and being constructive? Um, I like what Donald Trump is doing. He's he, mm-hmm. he's render he's neutering them. He's rendered them impotent in that he has this really cool tool called Twitter that he can communicate directly to America, directly with America, and there's feedback. And then he has a he has a press secretary, the likes of Sean Spicer, uh, who who, I mean, he has a mic drop moment every time he comes to the comes to the podium. And he doesn't take crap and he doesn't, he won't allow somebody to bully him from the press because the press is impotent. They hate being impotent. But how would you suggest we, we rein 
the media back into factual reporting and being constructive? Yeah, great. That's a fantastic question. That's right. We have talked about this. I would be a little careful. Uh, I would I caution the listener to be a little careful on the idea of let's just report the facts, you know, the old uh, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts kind of thing. Facts are a relatively recent development, believe it or not. So you and I know because we've you and I um, are, are trained in theology. We've read the old books. We've read our Augustine. We've read our Aquinas or a Calvin. And if you even think about it, reading scripture, where do we hear anybody appeal to facts, you know, or statistics Mm -hmm. or indicators? This is a relatively new thing. There's been some studies on this. Uh, Mary Poovey, uh, P-O-O-V-E-Y, did a study called A History of the Modern Fact, which is very interesting. And she basically makes the argument um, that modern facts were developed in the 19th century, what we call modern facts. Um, as a way of sort of uh, creating a sense of reality that transcends any one person's value system. So I've got my value system, you've got yours, but then we've got two plus two equals four, and that's totally unaffected by our value system. What Mary Poovey points out is, but that itself is a value system. We value that. We value facts. And so this is what the liberal media uses to bash our heads. Kellyanne Conway talks about alternative facts. I have an article coming out uh, through the Imaginative Conservative. I'll send it to you, Sean. That's next week. And I'm, I'm, the, the title is, uh, Yes, There Are Alternative Facts. If there, mm-hmm. if there are alternative value systems, I assure you there are alternative facts. Facts cannot be divorced from a value system. So what do we have to do? What we have to do is we have to, in effect, beat the media. We have to beat the media with a new media, um, a nationalist media, a conservative media that shares our values and, and therefore reports rightly. In other words, if they're really sharing our values, they're going to call out our politicians when they mess up. They're going to, uh, they're going to put forward a uh, priority of analysis of things. Uh, look at the media. I mean, CNN is obsessed with, and I, I called in and I was listening to your monologue on Barron Trump, which was beautiful. I mean, here you have a, here you have a, a president, a newly uh, inaugurated president, literally ushering in a new political order. And they all they care about is Barron. <laughs> I mean, his kid, all they could do is 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 mock him and ridicule. All they can do is mock. All they could do is talk about crowd sizes at uh, at at the inauguration. So you I, let me let me interject for a second. Let me interject for a second. Yeah. Let me let me address the crowd size thing. A lot of people are throwing rocks at President Trump because he brought that up. They're saying, "Man, that was childish. Why'd you do that?" And then they show two pictures. They show Barack Obama's inauguration picture, and then they show Donald Trump's picture. Here's, here is what people need to know. Those photographs were taken at different times. Exactly. The yeah, one, before the rain. Before the rain. Oh, yep. yeah, yeah. Well, not only that, uh, Trump, uh, Trump's photograph was taken when things weren't even kicked off yet. I mean, there, there were people right. still arriving, still on the metro, still walking. It, it, the other one was when the inauguration was in full swing. And so right. it's, 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 some would use the term disingenuous. Now, my, my buddy, uh, Steve from Ohio, uh, he says, change the word facts to responsible reporting or unbiased reporting. And, ah, and the thing is, is what I love is 
that we can now, through social media, we can identify what's the timestamp on that photograph. You know, what's the right. metadata on the photograph right. that they're using? Right. Let's use both of them and let's say, okay, well, of course, the one is two and a half hours earlier than the other. The one is, admits, right. is in swing. And then there was also, uh, there was a, a five-hour wait. A park police mm. had held people for five hours before they could get in. And that's why so many people kind of rushed in uh, right before it started. There was no excuse given for why they were held for five hours. And, and right. in fact, uh, so we have this crowd sizing. So people would say, well, you know, why don't you let it go, President Trump? Why don't you let it go? Why in the world would you fight this? This is so pedantic. This is so childish to be talking about crowd size. We have bigger, important, more important things. Well, I would, I would submit uh, to our listeners around the world that it's absolutely important because little lies are, are still lies. And, right. um, you know, the liberal, ultra-liberal uh, D.C. police, which is, I mean, ultra-liberal, uh, that was controlled completely. And, and, you know, there was a big stink about the, uh, the people who normally run um, normally run, I, I think it's, uh, the park police and, and the, uh, national guard and some other things there in DC were devout, uh, Obama supporters really out, mm, sure. really out sure. Obama supporters. And they were held over and they instructed their police, uh, to make it as slow as you can, you know, slow, right. the slow the roll. And so, but something as simple, it's still a lie. And people say, yeah, right. but it doesn't matter. Well, because conservatives has, have for so long been silent about the lies. And Joe Wilson, when he screamed out liar during yeah, Obama's yeah. State of the Union yeah. speech, he was censured. He was, uh, you right. know, he was really, they really made him sound like he's, um, sound like he's crazy. And so... Right. But he wasn't crazy. He was just the only one with the cojones to stand up and say, no, 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 this is a lie. You are telling the American right. people a lie. And it's my buddy Steve uh, puts it this way. Put a little tiny pebble in your shoe, walk a mile, and, and tell me how big a deal that becomes. And right. we allow more and more lies to go on, and then that becomes the norm. And the fact of the matter is, I love this about the left. And love by love, I mean they disgust me. Um <laughs> Beyonce, they herald as a great example for women and girls. Right. right. Uh, they say, gosh, she's great. But if you listen to two minutes of her songs and watch two minutes of her video, you realize, well, if your girl's desire is to become a gang thug and a hoe for a <laughs> pimp and drug dealer um, and a pole dancer, yeah, you're right. Great example. Great example. Um, right. There's been widely reported that she's a Satanist. There's a lot of satanic... Um, there's a lot of satanic stuff in her in symbolism in her in what she does. Yeah, new agey stuff. Yeah, yeah. Very new agey, crazy, weird stuff. And so, yeah. so you look at that and you say, okay, you know, crowd size, not a big deal. Uh, I was part of restoring honor, and uh, and I was in D.C. with my son Doyle, and we made the 4 a.m. bus ride there, and you know, and we're hearing uh, on the radio about how the uh, the left is describing this thing. And by that, by the time I was there and everything was getting ready to get started, you're talking, um, I want to say there was probably 1.25 to 1.5 million people on the mall. Mm. And mm. it was so crowded that the overflows behind and, and, uh, beside and, 
you know, it was just unreal. And we we're looking and going, they're saying that there was maybe 10,000, 12,000 people there. And we're thinking to ourselves, how would, how would they ever report that? And so that, that swirled around as the truth. And the problem is, is we didn't, we, we said it among ourselves, but we didn't have a leader who got in their face and said, um, somehow or another, um, you know, we just have to let this go. This is not our fight. We know who was there. The little things don't mean a lot. The little things mean everything. And uh, it's just like when you get a verse wrong, when you get a verse wrong, when you interpret or translate a scripture incorrectly, it's not a little wrong. It's completely wrong. If any part of it is wrong, it's completely wrong. And so Cecile Richards, I know that that you know that she's the uh, the head of Planned Parenthood. Of course, you know right. Margaret Sanger was uh, her whole deal in creating Planned Parenthood was to kill black people. She hated black people, and right. so she killed them. Um, and how can we kill as many as possible, uh, and and have them pay us to do it? And right. and but somehow or another, the, and I want to ask you this because I think your answer will probably be interesting. Cecile Richards was one of the first major you know figures. Because uh, she was at this women's march, women's march on Washington, she touts the rights of women according to your article and according to Truth, which your articles are always true because they're so well researched. Touting the rights of women and the so-called LGBT community. Right. Why? Why are women's rights? I was talking about this with a friend today. Why in the world are the LGBT community? Why are men? Because look, lesbians tend to hate men. Now, gay men, gay men, they want to be women. They want to be, not they want to be women, but they, you know, there's often a feminine affect. There's, there's, sure, you know, sure. so they don't share, you know, the disdain for women, but, but a lot of the hardcore lesbians, they do. Now, my friend, right. uh, my friend who I spoke about earlier, she doesn't, she's, she, she appreciates everyone. She's, if, if you're going to have a liberal person, she's the one to follow. She should be your leader right, right. because right, she's going right. to, she's going to put a better spin on things because that's who she is. But why do you think Planned Parenthood is so sold out to connecting the women's rights and women's, um, I don't even know, uh, movement uh, to the LGBT movement? Why? Why is this, why is this connected? Yeah, it seems to be very much linked to the whole um, gender identity movement. So of course, you've always had, you've always had sort of, well, not always, but in the last so you've had the feminist movement, and then it breaks off into this radical feminist in the 1960s. And then you've always had homosexuality on the other side. Um, and then it, that in the 1960s began uh, getting caught up in emancipatory politics and being brought into the public square and more and more accepted. Um, but they were never really connected. The connection, it seems to be, is in the last 10 years with the idea of gender identity. So you had this debate uh, over at the Women's March. Do you have to have a woman's anatomy to be considered a woman? Now, of course, there were a number of those who said yes, and you know, I think you, I think you pinned it. Probably the lesbians among them. There was a number of women who said yes. You have to have uh, a female anatomy to be considered a woman. Well, th- you know, that just that just incensed. The transgender community. The transgender community. Well, wait a minute. Gender is not. Bo- you, if you say gender is physical, 
and it's determined physically, well, wait, now it's North Carolina all over again. That's exactly what their bill said, right, or the law said. You can only mm-hmm. use the bathroom uh, based on your physical gender. They used it in terms of the uh, birth certificate as designated by your birth certificate. So wait a minute, you're buying into this nonsense. So eventually, um, in order for uh, the, uh, I think, in order for the, the feminist movement and the homosexual movement um, uh, to, or as you could do it the other way, in order for the feminist movement and the transgender movement to kind of coalesce with one another, you then have to bring in the same-sex homosexual movement as well. I think, too, the, um, uh, Richards has this, I think she's being consistent. Uh, we cannot allow for biology to have in any intrinsic meaning. We simply cannot allow that. We can't allow it to have any intrinsic meaning when it comes to gender, and we cannot allow it to have any intrinsic meaning when it comes to conception. If you go on any one of those, then uh oh, you you're you've you've crossed the Rubicon as it were. Now you're 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 sounding like those natural rights theorists, those those uh, conservatives who say, wait a minute, if you are biologically a human person, then by definition you have natural rights that are to be protected by the United States government. And that happens, of course, the moment you have a zygote, a human zygote, the moment of conception. That is biologically a human person. I'm sorry, that is biologically human. So what they then do is make a distinction today between our biological humanity and our personhood. And you, Sean, you and I don't have personhood until we have some kind of, it's usually a nebulous term, some kind of um, volitional moral reasoning, which doesn't come to about for some two, three, sometimes four, five years old. It doesn't come along. And so then you have people like Peter Singer and the British Medical Journal in 2012 that came out and said, yeah, well, then you should be able to abort up to about two, three, four years old. So it's known as post-birth abortion. So I think they're just pushing their premises to their logical ends. Biology is just biology. It doesn't mean it's just there to get tattooed, basically, right, and bodily modified. That's it. Um, it's, it's how you self-identify. That's the most important thing. And uh, you can't self-identify until well after birth. And therefore, we're justified both in abortion and in uh, transgender movement. So I think that's it's just pushing this the, the fundamental premises out to their logical ends. Hmm. Wow, that's heavy. Um, let's see here. Do, 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 do. I want to find there was a party. Oh yeah, here it is in your article. It's by the way, if you go to the Christian that's where uh, Dr. Turley's article is. It's phenomenal. Um, according to a recent demographic study by university of London, professor Eric Kaufman, there is a significant demographic deficit between secularists and conservative religionists. For example, in the United States, while self-identified secular women average only 1.5 children per couple in 2002, which let me just say this, the problem here is, is Muslims, uh, they, they have a ton of children. Um, and in the black community, they have a ton of children because, well, there's a whole bunch of things. We do a whole show about that, why their fertility rate is so high. Even in the black community where 82% in Wilmington, Delaware, 82% of all black children never survive the wound. 
eat womb. Even with that, and by the way, audience, I'm working on getting Ann McElhaney on our show. Uh, she and a Philadelphia police officer, not a police officer, he's a Delaware County investigator, investigated and brought down um, Gosnell, Kermit Gosnell. And if you don't know who he is, oh, wow. they just wrote a book where identifying him as the single greatest serial killer in all of history anywhere in the world and wow. uh, phenomenal. And I'm trying to get her to come on the show uh, because some of the it's chilling. It's just chilling right. what she has to say and uh, what this investigator has to say. Really phenomenal book. Really, really great stuff. And so, so your article goes on to say uh, conservative 1.5 children per couple in 2002, secular self-identifying secular women. Conservative evangelical women averaged two to three children per couple, which amounts to 28% fertility advantage. Now, Kaufman notices that this demographic deficit has dramatic effects over time in a population evenly divided. These numbers indicate that conservative evangelicals would increase from 50 to 62.5% of the population in a single generation. In two generations, their number would increase to 73.5%, and over the course of 200 years, they would represent 99.4%. Now, here's the meat on the sandwich. Kaufman noticed further that the more religiously conservative, the more children. For example, the Amish double in population every 20 years and are projected to number over a million in the United States and Canada in just a few decades. We're seeing a similar trend among Mormons. Now, let me stop there. I have a huge Mormon following. Now, I can't tell you how we got that. Mormons buy the heck out of my book. When I give speeches, Mormons come. Uh, more, I have a huge Mormon following in my um, social media and stuff I write. It's usually shared by Mormon groups. Um, I have many, many dear, amazing Mormon friends. And so I don't really know why they follow what I do so much, but they've chosen that and I'm honored by it. So your article goes on to say, we're seeing a similar trend among Mormons who have averaged a 40% growth per decade, which means that by the end of the century, there'll be as many as 300 Mormons in the world or 6%. 300 million. Yeah, you missed the million. 300 million oh, 300, Mormons. 300 yeah. million Mormons yeah. in the world or 6% of the world's population. And note, Mormons vote overwhelmingly Republican. Uh, so, but then you go on to explain. Go ahead. Yeah, you've tapped into a growing demographic, Sean. <laughs> this is great. See that? <laughs> I'm a good marketer. I don't know. You're a fantastic uh, marketer, man. Your yeah, your market share just keeps growing. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just just keep the kids on the internet. That's what we need. So you don't want to say, so why is this happening? Why are the secularists in effect disappearing off the face of the earth? Which I don't mind that, by the way. Well, in an no, ironic twist, it's precisely because of what the Women's March was advocating, that a women, woman's freedom means relegating motherhood to a mere lifestyle choice and nothing more. These women refuse to be pigeonholed into some foreordained maternal vocation. Motherhood is not a divine calling. It is a choice, one made by the woman herself and no one else. Well, uh, some of the, uh, one of the signs was if, uh, Mary had had an abortion, we wouldn't be in this mess. And, and I, you know, as a Christian, I'm, I'm a, well, I don't I identify as a follower of the way. Uh, uh, you know, 
I, I, I reject, I, I reject uh, almost everything the left says. Um, and, and I find that, Hey, it's somewhere along the way, somewhere along the way the, the, uh, well, let me, let me take you to this, the whole Mary having an abortion thing. A lot of people think that abortion did not exist and, and it did, uh, oh, it existed yeah. very yeah. much so. And, oh, but, it, but usually, usually mom died. I mean, usually the woman died, but, but it, it was very, uh, you know, uh, brutal and, and awful. And so, um, ultimately the whole statement of if Mary would have had a, an abortion, we wouldn't be in this mess. It tells them, first of all, how little they know, uh, because if, if the, the son of man could be, if the savior of all mankind could be brought to earth with, 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 without any sexual, uh, connection, totally pure and, but born through a woman, uh, you know, the, there's nothing that would stop him. You, you know, he's, he was going to be born no matter what. Once, once, uh, Hashem decided, Hey, I'm going to give them another chance. And here that chance, his name is going to be Yeshua. And, um, you know, and Emmanuel, God with us, he, he will, you know, he will give them an opportunity. And, and, and so thank God for that, you know, literally thank God for that. Yeah. But I, but I want to say that, um, so, so the, it just shows them, you know, liberals love to quote verses when they're trying to refute something. They don't ever know the context, but the fact of the matter is just like Satan, just like yeah, Islam, yeah. they will, they will, they will twist our words and twist the words of Christ and, and, and the writers of scripture, and they will make it mean what they want it to mean for their particular argument. So, right. um, you know, at, at some point, at some point, uh, they they do make me sick. I mean, they really, really do. When they say things like this, uh, I just, um, it makes me sick. I, I'm disgusted well, that's, by it. It's, that's, I certainly that's don't. I, go ahead. Yeah, go that's, ahead. That's why I wrote that article for you, man. I know <laughs> you, you work hard. And you're 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 dealing with this uh, the sewer of uh, of ideologies all the time, and um, there you know there there is something in scripture known as ironic justice, uh, where as C.S. Lewis does it beautifully, where he says um, that for a while there is a difference between you and your sin. So we we turn that into the doctrine of you know love the, the sinner but hate the sin. But then C.S. Lewis says, at some point, you, here's what you risk. You, if you don't repent, you risk actually becoming the sin. The mm -hmm. sin and you become one, and then that's it. You're toast in that sense. So, mm -hmm. think, of, you know, so think of Haman. Haman's trying to uh, kill off Mordecai and the Jews via the gallows, and he ends up mm -hmm. himself getting hanged. Um, right. You know, Goliath stands up and says, you know, I'm going to wipe out all you guys. I can take any one of you. And then he gets blown away by a little child. Um, mm -hmm. And a, a serial killer, a serial killer himself ends up getting executed. You know, you become mm -hmm. your sin. And mm -hmm. um, what I tried to point out in the article is this, you know, be careful what you celebrate. If all you're mm -hmm. doing is celebrating um, your own human autonomy, uh, that you are, um, you are your own woman, uh, that you, you have no obligations to anyone, 
And if you want children, great. If you don't want children, great. If you want to raise, keep your child, great. If you want to abort your child, great. If you want to self-identify as a man, great. If you want to self-identify as transgender, great. You go in that direction, and you're putting forward an ideology, a worldview, that cannot logically sustain itself. And now we have the studies that have come out to corroborate that. Pew Research, just a few days ago, came out with, um, if you, if you uh, search it in uh, Google, came out and said secularists are going to begin to disappear. Secularists mm-hmm. are going to begin to recede as a percentage of the world population. And, and that's what um, that's what Kaufman um, predicts. Uh, starting around 2030 to 2050, you're going mm-hmm. to begin to see the secularist worldview begin to recede. Ultimately, he sees it to about 14% of the population or so. No, really, no more than that. It would be if you think it through. Uh, 14. I don't know. You're talking about you know Masons or something. I mean, it's it's just mm-hmm. basically that that irrelevant. It it will have mm-hmm. no political force in our nation at all. We are becoming more conservative precisely because conservatism is truth. It is a beautiful, lovely, vibrant, rich um, a belief system that l- adores the family, that honors God, that honors nation, and, um, and that is precisely the kind of belief system that's going to prosper. It's the insanity of these marches that are just, I think, foreshadowing of the uh, the Gollum-like recession that we can expect mm-hmm. them to see, expect to see with them in the next few decades. So, mm-hmm. ironically, yeah, you can get you can get nauseous. I know what you mean. I'm right there with you. But the beauty is, it's uh, it, it entails its own futility. It entails its own um, destruction. Yeah, Anne Graham Lotz. She's a friend of mine, and she calls the Women's March a destructive movement, leading women to their moral graves. And so spot on, so absolutely spot on. Now I wonder, I wonder the trash. You know, after every liberal event, after restoring honor, there was you know 1.2, 1.5 million people there, and you could eat off the ground. I mean, yeah, it was it's, incredible. It's cleaner than when before. Exactly, it's cleaner than when exactly. you discovered it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But yet the left, whenever the left has, like there was a, a restoring sanity march after, uh, I won't say his name. He used to have a show late night, uh, a very well-known atheist, atheist against God. And and so he had this little kind of counter thing and, and you saw the trash. There was, there was one eighth, one tenth, even the number of people right. at his thing. Uh, and, and, the, and, it was it was unbelievable. I, I couldn't believe the trash they left behind, the destruction that they caused. Well, same thing with these marches, and not just in D.C., all over America, for whatever reason, it was a massive trash load and some of the most vile and disgusting things. And uh, it, it was un- unbelievable. And I look at that, and I think the reason why trash is left behind, and I, and I thought burned out cars, Jerry from Pennsylvania even uh, identified, I mean, burned out cars. You're, so you're protesting, but you're burning cars. Come on. Not, right, not right. shown, by the way, by the, the left-wing press or the press. Not shown by them. They didn't want to show anything negative, but they were showing some of these signs that I thought, aren't you embarrassed? There's a guy uh, named Sebastian Maniscalco, and he has a, a, a special on one of those subscription things uh, that, you know, and it's called, aren't you embarrassed? And he talks about all the people aren't embarrassed anymore. 
they're not shamed anymore. And I would look at all that trash and I would look at all those signs and all those things people were wearing. And, um, and I would say, aren't you embarrassed? You know, out in front of the vice president's uh, residence in DC, there was an all night, all day and all night thing with loudspeakers and flashing lights, this gay group who uh, they were in almost nothing. It was disgusting dancing up on this platform that they built. And I was very incensed that the police, the DC police, they had no permit to do that. Um, they blocked the road in front of the vice president's residence. Now they know that he is a conservative Christian and they danced all night long playing loud music and all this stuff. And uh, it wasn't until uh, several hours in that they were talked to by the DC police because rightly so. uh, And he didn't call the secret service. Um, Vice president Pence called the DC police and said, Hey, would you guys mind coming out here? Uh, you know, I don't know if they have a permit or what they're doing, but it's real loud and, and an honest to goodness. If my kid, you know, my kids are grown, but I don't want them looking at that. And I don't want to look out and see what they're doing. It's real, no, real no, no. depraved what they're doing. Go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. Yeah. Thank you, no, my, my son is coming in. <laughs> oh, uh, well, listen, I'm just looking at the clock here and we're out of time. And that's always the way it is with you. You bring such value to the show. And I certainly so appreciate you're doing that. Uh, it's just awesome for you to come on at such uh, late notice. And thank you for feeding me these articles. Send me the article and, and maybe we'll have you on next week to talk about the article you're writing because I'm very, very interested in that. But once again, folks, Dr. Stephen Turley, follow him on Facebook. Go to uh, Turley Talks. Go to the Christian Post. That's where you're going to find the article. Uh, it was posted January 23rd at 133. Put some comments in there. You know, when we write things, we love comments. And it's very important to do that because a lot of times you're writing something and and you don't know if anybody's reading it or listening to it. But when you see the comments, that, that really makes you feel good. And by the way, um, speaking of comments, I really... I'll tell you, I'll tell you the truth. Uh, I, I've gotten so many nice letters. I get so kind of uh, dejected sometimes when, you know, I'm funding this show myself and there's some folks that are Kehala that give money, um, but it doesn't cover all of what we're doing. And, and I just, you know, and I'm just thinking, well, if I can't get people to give, that must mean the people aren't listening. That must mean they're not, you know, they're not being blessed. And then I'm not achieving what I'm setting out to do. And then I get letters, not even any money, but I got letters from people saying, Hey, please don't stop doing what you're doing because we're blessed by it. Well, how you, those letters are how you tell people that write and speak for a living and do these shows that, um, that, Hey, we're listening and we appreciate what you're doing and God bless you. So God bless you, Dr. Turley. Thank you so much for taking the time today to come be a part of what we're doing. And, and, uh, we want to su- support what you do in any way possible. So thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. God bless you, brother. Thanks, Dr. Sean. God bless you too, brother. I appreciate it so much. So there you have it. Uh, what a, what a great blessing Dr. Turley is to what we do. And, and, uh, it's, it's, it's fun talking to him because you know you know how it is. If you talk to somebody that's really really intelligent, uh, it's very uplifting. You know you like when you're playing basketball. You know, let's say you're a girls or boys basketball team. And you're playing basketball. You got to play against teams that are better than you in order to get better. You got to play against players um, that are better than you. Um, 
you know, that's what I feel like when Dr. Turley is on the show. He's just a brilliant guy. Look, I so appreciate the letters, the comments, all of that. Um, DrSeanGreener.com, TheNinjaPastor.com. You know, click on the comments, leave us a comment on Facebook, follow us there, put some comments in. Um, it does, it really does lift us up. And if you're in a position to give, give. Even the little bit once once in a blue moon is helpful. So we we so appreciate it. And by now, I'll be able to play his songs for you so you can hear them. Go listen to Dave Bray on iTunes. It's 99 cents. Buy the song. It's not that much money. God bless y'all. Join us next time for the collision of faith and politics. And please follow this show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the ninja pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at the ninja pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio and at www. DrSeanGreener.com In the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining in this fight. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.